Lekutah Sikha is volume 21, the second Sikha of Tetzave, and this is the bottom line. Title, Dress for the Job versus the Job of Being Dressed. We have two verses in this week's Torah portion. Verse 43 reads, They shall be worn by Aaron and by his sons when they enter the tent of meeting or when they approach the altar to serve in the holy so they will not bear iniquity and die. Rashi quotes the verse and die and he comments. This comes to teach us that while lacking, the garments is liable to death. Now, in eight verses prior, verse 35 the verse reads, It shall be on Aaron when he performs a service, and its, and its sound shall be heard when he enters the holy before the Lord, and when he leaves, so that he will not die. Rashi quotes the word, so that he will not die, and comments. From the negative, you deduce the positive. It, if he has them, the garments, he will not be liable to death. And if he enters when he is lacking one of these comments, he is liable to death by the hands of heaven. Now, what does verse 43 add on to verse 35? And we can't say that verse 43 is just reinforcement to the previous verse 35, for Rashi states, this comes to teach us. Now, commentaries answer that verse 35 is only speaking of the six high priestly garments, the breastplate, the aphid robe, the, 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 the blue tunic, the shirt, the turban, the pants, and the belt. Mentioned in verse 4, prior to, prior to verse 35. While verse 48 speaks of the remaining two garments of the high priest, the forehead plate and the pants. Now, spoken about between verses 35 and 43. And this would fit perfectly into the change of the wording between the two Rashi. Rashi's. In verse 35, he says, lacking one of these, the six aforementioned garments. And in 43, he says, while lacking garments. Now, however, why then have verse 35 at all, when verse 43 could cover all eight garments? Other commentaries explain that verse 35 is speaking only of the blue tunic spoken about in the verse immediately prior to it. And verse 30, 43 is speaking only about the pants spoken about in the verse immediately prior to it. Now, Rashi's words are not explaining, according to these commentary, these two verses, but rather stating a true fact that entering while lacking any of the garments is punishable by death. However, the actual source for this law is later in verse 29.9, as I quote you from the Talmud, you shall gird them with a belt and they shall have the priesthood as an eternal statute. The Talmud extrapolates from this verse at a time when the garments are upon them, their priesthood is upon them. But when their garments are not upon them, their priesthood is not upon them. They assume the status of non-priest. And the master, meaning the sage that was being spoken to, says a non-priest who performs service is punished with death. However, this answer poses a problem. Number one, while Rashi seemingly comments the presently unnecessary here on verses 40, 35 and 43, then later on verse 29.9, he explains only concerning the seven inaugural days of with the fulfillment and the appointment of the kahuna through which they become priesthood as an eternal statute. Even when not wearing the garments, they are priests, but nevertheless forbidden to serve when lacking garments. 
That Rashi does mention on the verse in chapter 29.9, but he makes no mention at all of the Talmudic extrapolation for every entering and doing service for every day. So obviously Rashi is not following the way of the Talmud that we extrapolate this law from 29.9. And Rashi doesn't make no mention on 29.9 simply because this extrapolation is not the simple meaning of the scripture. Number two, Rashi explicitly states upon verse 43, this, verse 43, comes to teach us. Now, likewise, we cannot answer that verse 35 is speaking of the prohibition of performs the service, while verse 43 speaks of when they enter. And the outcome difference would be that approaching the outside altar in the outside courtyard without service would not be punishable by death. Or we can say that Rashi must teach of both prohibitions, regardless of if not being possible to be twice pushed, pushed, punished by death. Why, why is this, an, it cannot be said? Because number one, verse 43 states both, when they enter the altar to serve. And thus we can learn both prohibitions just from verse 43. So this still doesn't explain why we have to have 43 and 35. Secondly, in the simple meaning of the scriptures, there was no entering into the temple besides for doing the service. So they're both one. The explanation. A. Upon verse 43, Rashi speaks in terms of stating a law. This comes to teach us. While upon verse 35, Rashi speaks in terms of telling a story. If he has them, he will not be liable to death. Because B. Verse 43 speaks of all Kohanim, by Aaron and by his sons, while verse 35 speaks only of the high priest, as it says, it shall be on Aaron when he performs. However, see, from verse 43 alone, we already know both. One, they shall be worn by Aaron, and Rashi says, all these garments worn by Aaron, the eight, those that are appropriate for him. And on the words, and by his sons, Rashi states, those mentioned in connection with them. Thus, upon verse 35, Rashi's saying, lacking one of these garments, is not referring to all six garments, merely listed in verse 4. But only to the three garments the verse has described in detail the, so far. The aphod robe, the breastplate, and the blue tunic. Now, these three garments have something unique about them that after the commandment and details, the Torah explains the very nature of their essence and purpose. Let's see. The aphod. The verse says, And you shall put the two stones upon the shoulder straps of the aphod as stones of remembrance for the sons of Israel. And Aaron shall carry their names before the Lord upon his two shoulders as a remembrance. Now the breastplate, it says, Thus shall Aaron carry the names of the sons of Israel in the breastplate of judgment over his heart when he enters the holy as a remembrance before the Lord at all times into the breastplate of judgment so that they will be over Aaron's heart when he comes before the Lord and Aaron will carry the judgment of Israel, the children of Israel over his heart before the Lord at all times. So that's the purpose for these two, to carry a remembrance of Israel before the Lord. Now, the blue tonic, it says, 
It shall be on Aaron when he performs the service, and its sound shall be heard when he enters the holy before the Lord and when he leaves. So the blue tunic robe had on the bottom bells and pomegranates that would ring when he would when he would um, enter. So there's the reason that each one has. In other words, these three garments, by simply wearing them when he comes before, the God, before God, carrying the names of the children of Israel and being heard when entering to the holy, is the fulfillment of their purpose. Not so with any of the other garments, which are for shall then ordain Aaron and his sons, and they shall be worn by Aaron and his sons when they enter the tent of the meeting or when they approach the altar to serve in the holy. What this means is that on their own, their, these garments, they have no purpose other than making it possible to its wearer to be able to enter and to serve. Hence, we have two comments of Rashi. In verse 43, when he performs the service is because for these garments, their primary purpose is to serve in them. However, Rashi's verse 35, lacking one of these garments, is referring to the three, the ephod, the breastplate, and the blue tunic. Because the high priest's mere entering without them is already to be lacking the above-mentioned service for each of these three garments before he begins any of his services in the temple. Thus, we now have a novelty found in Rashi's commentary that the prohibition of lacking garments has two dynamics. Number one, the high priest's three garments, the ephod, the breastplate, and the blue tunic, which is punishable by death even for him just entering the temple without wearing them. And two, the high priest's other five garments and the regular Cohen's four garments, which are punishable by death only if the high priest of the Kohen did service without wearing them, not just entering. Now, a note. According to this, the verses that have a specific explanation and reason for the garment is in a category of its own, and we listed three. However, the forehead, the forehead plate, called the tits, seemingly belongs in, this, in the first category. Being that its verse states, I quote, It shall be upon Aaron's forehead, and Aaron shall bear the iniquity of the holy things that the, of the, that the children of Israel sanctify for all their holy gifts. It shall be upon his forehead constantly to make them favorable before the Lord. Now, the reason why this is not part of the group is because Rashi defines the words, the verses constantly, which he doesn't wear it constantly, what it means is it, it will always make them favorably even when it is not on his forehead. Hence, the specific service of the forehead plate is not lacking when the high priest enters the holy temple without wearing it. What would be lacking would be only the forehead plates making the forehead plate making it possible for its wearer, the high priest, to be able to serve. Hence, the prohibition for the forehead plate is only of verse 43 of doing service without it and not in entering without it. Now, a drink of Rashi's mystical wine. Mystically speaking, these two dynamics of the high priest's service of Israel in the temple, one, entering, and two, doing service, are connected to the two impacts that the high priest has on Israel. The high priest, and so to all that upon him, through their service of before the Lord, is to connect Israel with the Holy One, blessed be he. 
Israel's connection with God encompasses two dynamics. Number one, through their service of Torah study and mitzvah observance. Number two, through Israel's essence beingness of being God's children or servants, even before any Torah study or mitzvah observance is done. Israel is the king's hidden treasure, which isn't about the treasure's usage, but of its very existence for the king himself to derive pleasure from. So too, it is with the two services of the high priest in the temple. Number one, his representing Israel with his very being when he enters the holy before the Lord in the temple, even before he actually does any of the services there. With this, the high priest brings about the, I quote, as a remembrance before the Lord of Israel's essence beingness, which is then followed by the second dynamic. The high priest representing Israel with his doing service when they approach the altar to serve in the holy. Now this, with this, the high priest is alluding to the, quote, to serve my maker dynamic of Israel's relationship with God.